customer experience is your brand. All about the interaction that a customers customer are not just customers that can the be kind of experience you give to people. Customers. That's what they're going. Amazon through. wants you to buy something. A warranty company wants their contractors. Customer to experience, you know, it really is how your brand gets projected out in, into the world. Business is not just business; it's very human. All right. Well. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of In The Know. This is your host, Todd Stewart. Uh, I am on site today, no longer at the dispatch office. This is good to get out um, here at Mendex. And I, as I walked in, I, I noticed a couple things written on the board right outside, outside right when I walked in. And I, I've seen innovation pretty much everywhere. Right when I sat down, I saw a magazine that said, I think the Innovation Daily or the Innovation Chronicle. I've never heard of this magazine, but another innovation, uh, sign of innovation here. And and a lot of the, the discussion today is going to evolve around that as well as customer experience. And, and I'm just absolutely thrilled to get this conversation rolling. I'm here sitting with Donna Williams, the VP of Customer Success here. Uh, Donna, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you, Todd. Happy to be here. Thanks for coming on. Uh, so, I, I like to just take a couple steps back in the beginning. Uh, what do you do here? What is Mendex? Uh, and yeah, just just paint that picture for us so that we know where your answers are coming from in, in, in the, for the rest of the show. So according to Gartner, by the end of this year, market demand for app development service will grow at least five times faster than IT organizations can keep up. So Mendix was really built to address that. You know, rapid application development helps speed of development, of course. Uh, but also brings the business and IT collaboration to play, which also drives speed because as you're building applications with the business, you're not going to have to rewrite those applications because they're actually built the first time perfectly. So that's really what we're trying to do with Mendix. The customer success team is focused on making sure that we get time to value. Um, and what that means is, you know, as, as most customers are buying subscription-based software like Mendix is sold that way, um, you're, you're paying for that software right out of the gate. And sometimes if it takes you three, six, nine months to even start getting an application to production, you're, you spend a lot of money in, in order to get that. So time to value for us is trying to get that first app out very quickly. So we look for something that has really high impact from a business perspective, but that we can do within like 30 days. Uh, so we can address that wow factor and they really see the difference that Mendix can provide for them. Time to value, that seems like it's it's very important. Why is that important in the space and why is it important today? IT teams spend so much money on technology. Uh, and I think, you know, I've been doing this a lot, uh, a long time, different types of applications, different types of uh, technology. And I think, you know, in the old days where you were buying perpetual licenses, some of this stuff, we used to call it shelfware. It would actually sit on the shelf and never get used. Um, that doesn't happen today. Most services are subscription now. So you're paying monthly for these applications and these services. So uh, of course, you'd want to get value out of that. And the time to value comes with, because you're paying right from day one, um, you don't want to waste six, nine months to actually use it. You want to be able to get that value as quickly as possible. So we, it's really what in our customer's interest is to get that time to value. We just try to help that along. Mm, yeah. It, and, and you guys measure that, right? So I, I actually, I, I had a conversation just the other day with, with the company and it was similar where I pay a monthly fee for their service. And 
we haven't actually signed on yet, but my main point was, when are we going to start seeing that value? And they said, well, it, it might take three to maybe four months. And each month is, was fairly expensive. Right. And I thought to myself, I was like, well, we need to have kind of the small wins up front. And I was really honest with them. I said, we don't have to have the big wins right away. But as long as we have like those small ones right away where we can see a little bit of value. And from there, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So I appreciate that you guys take that into account. <laughs> yeah, that's big. I mean, you're like you said, they're investing in in these uh, this platform. So you want to be able to turn something around quickly. So where does customer experience, um, where does it play a role in this mobile world? Think about your everyday. I think, you know, we've all become tied to our phones. Uh, so it's important. And I think, you know, from a customer, we deal with business to consumer, but also business to business. And I think it's bleeding more into the business to business space uh, because we all are used to that. And so it's not just mobile, it's web. You know, we, we cut across all different types of omni-channel, they call it. Um, so it's important that we take some of the the day-to-day expectations that consumers have and we bring it into the business world as well. And so it's really raised the bar, I think, for software companies to be able to provide that same experience. What, what do you think has raised that bar? Like it, it, before it ventured into the B2B space, I'm assuming B2C when you say not B2B. Yes. <laughs> um, what, what do you think the cause is? I think you know, phones, right? Part of it is uh, you get apps on phones and, and you don't need a manual to use your iPhone or to, to download an app. It's just intuitive. Uh, so people are used to that. And, and then when you go to your work and you have to use an application and you need to take six weeks of training and documentation, and, you know, that's not the way people want to work because uh, it's not the way they live. And so I think it is bleeding into that, that they want to be able to just, you know, open up their laptop or their phone and start working. And so it's obviously what we do in, in the business world is much more complicated. So I would hope that someday we could get rid of training, but you know, that's it's it's our job as software vendors to try and make things as intuitive as possible. So people can, you know, just just open their day and, and not have to spend a lot of time learning new things. So before we actually sat down, we're recording right now, we had a pre-call and I got a great insight into what you guys prioritize and how you prioritize customer experience. And so that's why, honestly, before the show, I was very excited because everything that you guys have mentioned, and we're going to dive into this, but everything is very actionable. It seems like you guys have a very good plan of attack for how you approach customer experience. Uh, and, And so how do you guys actually prioritize it? And and was it something that you prioritized like in the beginning of Medix's life within its own business or was it something afterwards that sparked it? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and I've been with Medix for almost two years. And certainly since I've been here, it's been a priority because we have a formal customer success team. But as I understand from the founders and, and, and learning more about the Mendix history, it, it was really always in place. The, the whole idea around Mendix came from their frustration in uh, working with applications, you know, uh, being in the business or IT. We have founders from both sides, and they just felt that there was no collaboration, um, 
you know, IT went off to, to code things and then came back six months later and, and the business had changed. <laughs> so, uh, so that concept of being close to your customer and understanding what they're trying to do is, has been part of Mendix's DNA from the beginning. You know, we formalized it. Um, in fact, the whole customer success framework that we've built was developed by us understanding, looking at our customer base, and some customers just went off like wildfire, and others struggled a little bit more. And so as we spent more time understanding um, why what the difference was, uh, we, we actually built the framework from that, from those conversations. Cool. All right, let's dive into this framework. So framework, what do you mean? So uh, it's funny, I was just on the phone with a, with a customer and, and they were talking about, you know, Mendix and, and other, it's a prospect actually, and how we're different. And I think one of the key things is, is this framework. Um, what we have different than maybe some um, SaaS customers or SaaS vendors have is that we cross every industry and, and our customers can build any type of application on our platform. So it's harder for us to come and see, give you a cookie cutter, uh, a way of, of using our product. Uh, so the framework was put in place because of the differences that we see within the customer base. Um, so it's it's really a a set of 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 focus areas, which we call the four P's, um, as well as a timeline of when you would implement those different focus areas. So it's kind of a a, a start structure scale is the timeline, mm-hmm. and then there's a, a, the four P's, which uh, helps you decide how do you uh, work around the technology. The technology is only part of the the issue when you're implementing something like Mendix. Yeah, interesting. And so the four Ps, what are they? So the four Ps, it starts with portfolio. So as you can imagine, uh, customers of Mendix have lots of ideas of what apps to build. Some of them are innovative, new things. Some of them could be just replacement of legacy applications that they've had. So we sit down and we try to understand what does that portfolio look like? For this particular customer, and why, um, why, why are they picking those apps? We want to look at things early on that have really high business impact, but that that we might be able to implement very quickly, because uh, you want to get that wow. Uh, once we get an understanding of the portfolio that they're trying to build, then we map that to the team, which is people, uh, and we'll ask, do you have people within your organization that maybe could be a good Mendix fit? Uh, or do you want to source them from someplace else? We might bring a partner in to help them start developing. Um, so we just understand, you know, how do they want to approach this? Do they want to do the development in-house? Do they want to use external or hybrid? Um, once we understand people, then we move to process. Um, and a lot of it is understanding where they are at this time. So one of the key things in process is we look at, we use agile uh coding methodologies. Mm-hmm. Some customers like, yep, been doing agile for years. Others are like, what? <laughs> How do you spell that? <laughs> um, so we need to understand where they are. And then we can build a plan that says, well, maybe you need more training. Uh, often IT folks may understand agile development, but the business folks don't. Yeah. Uh, so we may put some more training in place for that. But there are tons of things as we move through the start structure scale you move into more like governance processes and uh, how they're going to do their testing. So it gets more complex as you move through the journey, um, but we try to at least understand early on kind of where they are. And the last P is platform. That's Mendix, which is uh, somewhat easy, but even there, there are questions like, how are you going to deploy in the cloud? Are you going to deploy on-prem? Do you have security or compliance issues? Uh, So the more we understand about the business 
and the types of apps they're going to uh, deploy, we can help drive some of those decisions as well. So if I'm a prospect, I come to you guys, I'm, I'm interested. How long does this entire process of going through the four P's, what is that? Is that a week? Is that a month? Is that how, how long does that typically take? So we we actually start with prospects. So we start in the sales cycle yeah. uh, because the more we understand about what they're trying to do, we can help decide how much maybe services help they need or additional. So some are some are very self sufficient, need a little bit. Uh, so we do a what's called a, a maturity assessment, which is really an hour or two conversation. Just we walk through the four P's and just say, "Hey, what do you think about this? How oh, do you want to handle nice. that?" Yeah. Uh, so then we get a really good sense of where they are and. And then we can build the plan with them. So it's it's really easy to get started, and they may not have all the answers to begin with, but we're we're there walking through the journey with them to, you know, as we get to the point early on, you don't have to have all the answers. Um, once we get that first application built, we also go back and do a retrospective with the customer to say, how did it go? Mm-hmm. Um, what could we have done better? Uh, is there more training you need? So yeah. we get a, we do a lot of kind of milestone touch points along the way, yeah. uh, and modify the 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 plan as we go. Man, if if I was going through that, I would feel extremely valued. Well, that's like good. Extremely <laughs> valued. No, I, and I'm not I'm not just saying that because we're we're here in your office, and I, I really mean that. Like I've I've yet to interact with a company on a B two B side that actually like proactively reaches out like that and has kind of this structure. They may, and maybe I don't know it and I'm just <laughs> going through it, but I feel like I would react pretty well to this. What What's the benefit to you guys? And then what's the benefit to the customer by having this structure? Yeah. And it's, it is both. Um, obviously to the customer, uh, we're trying to drive that value, you know, I'll say time to value again, but, but again, not just to um, focus on a metric, but to really help them through it, help them think through it. Because I think so often, you know, you focus on the technology and you forget that this is this is transformational. This is a lot of change. And everybody's at a different place. And some people are great with change and some aren't. So we really need to understand where they are and how we can help them through that. So that's hopefully customers see that as a benefit. For us, it, it helps us because we stay engaged with how customers are actually using our, our technology. And that is great feedback for our product teams because as we understand, you know, the types of applications and the types of things that businesses are struggling with, that's great information for us to feedback. And, and we can stay, you know, one step ahead of, of what we're seeing. You know, we can see the trends on the horizon and, and what customers are struggling with and how are they um, – implementing applications for their customer base and what are they getting requests for. So it's really great insight for us to have that really close relationship. This is all very successful digital transformation, essentially. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Since you have such a sophisticated framework, for it's also you're kind of vetting the customer a little bit yeah do you ever deny people or say sorry you're not you're not fit for the platform yet because maybe they're not they're not ready for this type of change i don't know is that a no it's a great question and we have had many debates on that as you can imagine i'm not in sales but i work very closely with sales on prospects and we have had those uh conversations we're like oh this customer is just they're not getting it because some people come to Mendix and 
I, I think the market is evolving, you know, with Gartner and there's more people talking about rapid application development. But for many years, we were just evangelizing this. And so we had a lot of customers that would come to us and say, I want to build an app. Can we build, can you, can you build an app for us? And, and, and we do that, but that's not really the platform that and, and the place we want to be with our customers. Mm-hmm. So I think we're evolving our business, you know, where we used to take those uh, customers on. Now we're, we're really, we'll have a further conversation to say, hey, have you thought about this? It's really a platform, you know, where you could build. That's where we'll have a portfolio conversation or even an ideation workshop to say, have you thought broader than mm-hmm. that one problem that you're trying to solve? Because honestly, if they only go down and want to build one little app, the value won't be there. Yeah. And so we know that ultimately that will churn. And so we don't want that either. Yeah. So yeah. it is It is a, it's, it's, always a little difficult because you never want to turn anybody away. Yeah. But can we have a further conversation? We may we may elongate the sales cycle a little bit to have a deeper conversation so they really understand what they're buying. Yeah. And it's almost matching their expectations in line with what you guys can provide. Because it is. It's like, oh, just build me an app. No, okay, we can do that. But eh, like uh, your expectations are kind of low and our expectations are a little high. Or they might have very high expectations that are not fitting what you guys actually right. do really well. Right. And when that gap is large, that's when customer experience falls. Exactly. And, and what I like about the framework that we have is it gives us a, it gives us a conversation that we can have pre-sales to really understand that, right? Because if, if we didn't have that, sales would sell it, then throw it over the wall to the customer success team. And then we go, oh, wow, this isn't a fit. That's just too late. You know, you've already set an expectation with that customer. So it really lets us get engaged early to, to make sure that we're on the right path. So it keeps sales and, and customer success. Sometimes I think those teams might be against each other. We really are closely aligned uh, with with the customers, even before their customers, uh, so that we can make sure that the success is there. Because some of the success happens at sales, right? If you yeah. don't set the stage correctly, oh, yeah. your right customer from the expectation beginning. is is going to be off. So that's it's real important. And and I I like the fact that we have this. You know, it's not like to just bring customer success in to have a a sales conversation. We're actually starting a consulting conversation at that point. So yeah, it, and it, it almost seems a little consulting throughout the entire it, process yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Is this framework something that you think is just specific to you guys, or could this be replicated in different companies? So the approach we took to build the framework, I think certainly any company can do. You know, it's not rocket science to say go out and talk to your customers <laughs> and get their experience and then understand if are there common themes across those experience that then you could package up into best practices. That's really what we did. Yeah. Whether the four P's and the three S's are a perfect fit for another company, probably not totally there. But uh, I mean, if, if you understand idea. technology, like I did SAP implementations for many years and we always kept saying it's not the technology, right? Those Those implementations failed. Some of them failed um, because of change, change mm-hmm. management. So mm-hmm. the framework here is really a change management framework. And, and I think any type of, of uh, customer success team can, can build something around that. So you mentioned the three S's. Yes. We haven't even <laughs> approached that yet. Three S's. So we got the four P's, three S's. What are those? So we have the, the four P's, I think, I can't remember which came first, but uh, we had the four P's and when you take a customer through those, um, that it can be daunting. And I think uh, what we decided was that you really don't have to understand all the depths of that fr- at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So we said, 
we need three yeses because, you know, we needed another three yeah, things. Exactly. <laughs> um, so we have start, structure, and scale. Uh -huh. So what that is, so to me, the four Ps are the what and the how, and the three S's are the when and the who. Mm. Um, so it really says, okay, as you're walking through this journey, what do you need to do now? And then what are you going to build for the next phase? So if you're in start phase, for example, again, we'll start with one app, high impact, low time, small team. Mm -hmm. We need a couple of developers, get them trained up. We'll co-develop with you. Get that first app out. That's your start phase. Yeah. You know, do that. Have a win. We have a cake celebration with our customer. Um, oh, awesome. <laughs> and then we do a retrospective to understand what we could do better. And then we build that into the next phase. So, okay, now we're going to do next three apps. Let's build out a couple of extra teams. Let's add some process to that. And then scale is you might have multiple teams running in parallel, governance processes, the whole thing. Um, but if you had tried to do that from the very beginning, you would fail because you're just trying to take on too much. Yeah. So it gives you a way to get there really nicely, you know, slow, slow slope um, to get you there, you know, and ultimately we want our all our customers to get to scale. Some of them can get there quickly, six months. Some of them take years to get there, but mm -hmm. there's value along the way. So yeah. that's the time to value. If we had waited to get to scale, it could take years, um, but we can figure out how we can get you value in the first 30 days. So we've been talking about the customer this entire time. What is the ideal customer? What is it enterprise? Is it medium-sized business? Like, what do they look like? Yeah, we work with all sizes, uh, like I said before, across all industries. You know, we're, we're basically custom development. So any customer that wants to do some custom development work is a good fit for us. Um, we do find, um, like I said, those one-app customers, sometimes we will turn a customer away um, if, if what they're trying to build is something that they could get in a SaaS solution, for example. Because it's, you know, we can do those types of things. It's not like we can't build that, but... You're, you'd almost ask yourself why. Mm -hmm. You know, what we try to look for is um, applications that are really going to build um, differentiation or innovation, right? If it's just a core app that you can buy off the shelf, we'll buy it off the shelf. It probably makes more sense to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so really looking for what is what is it about your business that you need to differentiate so that you can compete yeah. and maybe drive more revenue to your company? That's the business impact we're looking for. We want to have something that's you know, really impactful. So then they see, well, we can't, we can't possibly do this on anything but Mendix. So it seems like cust the customer for you guys from a cultural standpoint is always in the middle, is always centered. You guys put them first. You, you are trying to constantly get in their heads for what they're thinking and how they're hearing the messages that you're giving them. And it sounds very collaborative. How did you how do I want to word this? How did you guys build an organization that puts customer experience first? It it is the culture, uh, and it's funny. We I was just talking to my recruiting team before I walked into this meeting. Uh, we when we interview people, um, it, it is about that culture fit. We look for passion, you know, and and I think you build a you build an organization first on bringing the right people into the company that have that same passion. You know, we look for that. We, you know, skills are one thing, mm -hmm. but it's really, you know, are they 
passionate about customers? Do they do they want to win? Do they want to see their customers win? I yeah. mean, we we need to find that part of their being to say, you know, we have this term Mendix Blue. Are they really Mendix Blue? We have <laughs> we say that about our customers too. Are our customers Mendix Blue? Yeah. Uh, that's when we know we're successful when when they're advocates, you know, and they're passionate about what we're doing here yeah. too. Yeah, it's, it compounds from there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the previous episodes with Lindsay Christensen from Tetra Science, I, I thought they had a very incredible approach where it wasn't necessarily how can I make the customer succeed from Tetra Science's approach. It was how can I make this customer succeed from their own personal, like in their yes. personal life. So they would they would put customers up for awards that had nothing to do with Tetra Science. They would just say, oh, Donna, like we know you're a VP of customer success at Mindex and we submitted you to speak at this conference on, on uh, customer success. You got accepted. Here you go. Yeah. You don't have to talk about Tetra Science at all. But they just submitted their customers for things. They found awards here and there, and and they tried to help them get to their own next level in their personal career, which I thought was really interesting. It was sort of a different approach as opposed to like, how can I just make your experience with our company better? Yeah, uh, it was sort of outside of that. We do that as well on a number of different areas. Sometimes we we put the apps up for award. So we've oh, had cool. customers yeah. that get, you know, have award-winning apps, which which is nice for them and, and for us, uh, whether Mendix is mentioned or not. Mm -hmm. But we do look to for that as well because, you know, as as customers grow in their career, um, if, if, you know, we see it all the time when CIOs move from company to company, one of our best customers is a new CIO that wants to do digital transformation. Mm -hmm. um, once they've done it once with Mendix, they'll do it again and again and again. And, yeah. and you see that with 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 IT folks that are really excited about a product, uh, they'll bring it to the next place they're in. So it, it certainly helps them and us that they that they do well in their careers. So now that we know about the framework that you guys have, the four P's and three S's, final couple questions. First one is, how can companies uh, stay ahead of these customer experience trends. Like I, I, to be honest, I feel like customer experience became a, a real hot topic maybe a year ago. All of a sudden, companies are like, "Oh, we need to make this a core part of our organization. We need to make customer success, customer support, whatever the the name is within your organization. We need to make them like at the front lines and also the group that is the glue between everybody because." Customers are now like we businesses have been saying customers are always right from yeah. the beginning, but I think they've just been saying that into empty air. Why do you think all of a sudden customer experience has risen and and how can companies like stay ahead of those trends? Well, it's kind of clear why it's risen. I think especially in the software space, uh, this whole subscription model requires it, right? You, you, it's, it's one thing when you sell software in perpetual and you get paid up front and you're good. Uh, now you get paid every month. So you have to stay engaged with your customers because they they could leave you. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's interesting. As I talk to other customer success leaders, uh, there's always a conversation about how are you measuring your team? And often it's renewals and expansion, mm -hmm. which... Has nothing to do with the customer. That's 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 our that's our measurement of success, right? Mm -hmm. So what I love about the framework that we put in place, it's 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 a way for us to measure how our customers are being successful, right? It's a it's a customer measure where often customer success teams are not looking at those things. You know, renewals and expansions are, yeah, I guess it, it tells you your customers are happy because they're staying with you, but it's not really telling you how they're utilizing your 
your platform or your, your, your product. And, and this framework, you know, really touches on that. Final question for people that want to get in contact with you. What's the best way? They want to talk about customer experience. They say, oh, Mendex, yes. <laughs> so I love to talk about customer experience. I mean, they can reach out to me personally, either in LinkedIn, or I'm happy to uh, have them email me directly here at Donna.Williams at Mendex.com. Awesome. All right, Donna, thanks for coming on the show today. This was great. Thank you. This was really great. If you want to learn more about customer experience, head over to the Dispatch blog. That is blog.dispatch.me. Remember to subscribe to In The Know on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. If you like this episode, we'd really appreciate if you left us a review on iTunes. So as always, Donna, thanks for coming on. Thanks, everybody.